Step back three on the way. And he's got another one. Jamal Murray. And they want to post up to Joker. They want to take advantage of this matchup. Don't we see that at least once a game from Jokic to someone? Outside Jokic for the lead. Have you been in these sessions before? I've said this like 10 times. And I'm not writing your article for you. Ask one of your colleagues. He's magnificent. It's winner go home. Three points. And Bobo, hey, hey I'll tell you, young fella, don't go chasing waterfalls right there. Yeah, thank you, whoever did this. What is going on, Nuggets Nation? It's your boy, Anilo Piro, back at it again with the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. Hope everybody is doing well here on this, what is it, Tuesday evening, February 9th, 7.41 p.m. I just crushed some Chipotle and uh, just sitting here in my basement, just chilling. You know, I've uh, had some thoughts simmering all day about the game last night against Milwaukee and found myself a little emotional, I guess. you could Not emotional. I mean, I don't really care at the end of the day if they win or lose. But as a fan, you know, of the game and as a fan of Denver sports and as a fan of everything going on in this city with our sports teams and the betting and all that stuff, I just want what's best for our teams. I want to see the Denver Nuggets reach their full potential. And I guess I just get a little, you know, I, I just watching these, watching them lose these games, you know, it's just frustrating because, you know, Milwaukee really didn't play all that well in the second half yesterday, if we're being honest, you know, and Nicole Jokic played out of his mind, you know, I think he had 23 of the Denver Nuggets 50 second half points, you know, and it's just, it's frustrating to see them have this MVP caliber player, you know, just kind of dominate and then have nobody to really help him. You know, it's it's unfortunate. So <laughs> I, I kind of just dove into it right there. But if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter, guys. Give me a follow on there if you want to stay up to date with my Nuggets coverage as well as my sports betting coverage over at DenverSportsBetting.com. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't want to – I thought about doing a little bit of a reactionary po- – I mean, this is a reactionary podcast, but I thought about, you know, coming home after the game and doing it right away, but – I definitely wanted to let it simmer because, you know, at the end of the day, you do have to take the one game at a time mentality. And the reality, the reality of the situation is where this Nuggets team stands at this very moment. They are a a playoff team in the West. If they continue to play on this pace, you know, I know they've lost three games in a row for the first time all season. But I mean, by all accounts, you know, we've seen them get hot. We've seen them go up and down. You know, this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. But in in my book, you know, if you've been a loyal listener, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, you know that I'm not okay with just making the playoffs. I don't want this team to just make the playoffs. You know, I think making the playoffs is almost like a prerequisite at this point. You know, that's like the the barrier to entry. You know, I think if if you don't make the playoffs, oh my goodness, I don't I don't even know what you begin to do if you don't make the playoffs. I mean, seriously, I mean, I think you make sweeping changes if this team doesn't make the playoffs following, you know, just how everything played out last year. Um, so I, I just want what I just want what's best for our hometown teams, like I said, and I think that the Nuggets are just underachieving. They've regressed, and I think that's for a multitude of reasons. I think you saw, you know, what one point six million dollars could have bought you last night across the court in Tory Craig. Uh, this is the first time that the Nuggets have had the opportunity to go up against one of their former core playoff, te- you know, members with Tory Craig, Mason Plumlee, Jeremy Grant. Obviously, this is a new-look Nuggets team, and I wrote a, a column for, for my I don't even know what you want to call it. It was almost like a rant or something, just basically what I'm talking about in this podcast, and Nikola Jokic needs help, you know, and it's 
what what the Denver what the Nuggets front office did this offseason, and I was talking with uh, Brandon Ewing of Denver Stiffs about this last night at the game, and it was he brought up a fantastic point, and we were we were chatting about this, and I saw a couple other people pointed on pointed out on Twitter as well, I believe. You know, this was a front office that didn't act like they were in championship contention. You know, this was a front office that, you know, really felt like they were still in the rebuild. You know, they had a good draft in regards to scouting some nice talent in the future and and all that. But when it comes to, you know, when it came to rebuilding the, the roster or fine-tuning the roster for the next season, like teams like the Lakers did, like the Clippers did, you know, like, like the Bucks did by signing guys like Torrey Craig and, and making the trade for Drew Holiday, you know, the, the Nuggets didn't do that. I, I almost, it's not as drastic, but I almost said, I, I tweeted it out uh, on social media, on Twitter, at Media by AP. You know, that this season is almost starting to remind me a little bit of the Rocky season in 2019. And, you know, I was up close and personal. I had my front seat to that with my credential. And, uh, you know, I was in and out of the clubhouse and, you know, talking to Buddy and and all that stuff. And obviously, you know, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not talking to Michael Malone, you know, face-to-face. It's all over Zoom. But it just feels like a team that is frustrated. And, I mean, let's look at the Rockies' 2019 offseason, right? They let... Or, or the offseason going into the 2019 season. They let DJ LeMahieu walk for two years, $24 million, and instead re-sign, or not resign, they signed Daniel Murphy to a contract for that exact same dollar point in the exact same years to play first base. Other than that, there was no significant moves during that offseason uh, in regards to bringing in talent. So essentially, the Rockies let one of their best offensive bats walk in free agency and replaced him with somebody that they had hoped you know, would, would be able to pick up the production and fill the void there. But he was a handful of years or older, coming off some injuries, and obviously uh, it was an awful investment on the part of the Rockies. So you know, here we are now with the Nuggets. You know, They let... I don't want to say they let Jeremy Grant walk. You know, Jeremy Grant really was keen on being a first option, a second option. And who's to say he couldn't be with with the way this team's playing right now? If had he stayed in Denver, but let, let, let's let's throw Jeremy Grant out of the equation um, because I think whatever the they matched the offer from Detroit, you know, in regards to total dollar value. So it, it's a little bit of an outlier there. But the, the one that I just can't continue to get over is Torrey Craig. I mean, he signed for one point six million dollars, you know, with the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's chump change in the NBA. I mean, one point six million is nothing, and to let one of your core defenders just walk away for that price, and to replace him essentially replace those roster spots for now with three rookies, a Euro that has been banged up and has not been all that good, and Isaiah Hartenstein. I mean, you're telling me you can't find one spot in the roster to figure out how you can finagle one point six million dollars to keep one of your lockdown defenders, somebody that was absolutely pivotal to your playoff success in the bubble. I mean, it just makes no sense. It's asinine. It's absolutely asinine, in my opinion. And, you know, good for Torrey Craig. You know, he's on a good team now with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he's going to contend for a championship. But, I mean, you look at it across the court last night. It was a little bit of a revenge game. You know, he had a couple nice threes, which obviously uh, we weren't accustomed to here in Denver. But, you know, for $1.6 million, you know, you were able to potentially retain a member of your core. I mean, they, they, they essentially picked this guy up off the streets. I mean, he was out there playing on in Australia. He'd been, he'd been around the block. But, I mean, you know, the Nuggets were the first franchise in the NBA to give him a legitimate chance, you know, as, as a real consistent role player you know, on a playoff caliber team and to just let him walk away for $1.6 million is foolish. And so that's why I kind of get here to this Rockies comparison where, you know, the Rockies, they were going to rely on their core, right? Okay. We've got Nolan, we've got Trevor and we've got Charlie, you know, we, we can let DJ walk, right? That, that was kind of the thought process there. You know, we could, we could shed a little cash. We got to resign Nolan in the future. We got to resign Trevor in the future, all that good stuff. That, that was the thought process at the time. The Nuggets, okay. We, we've got Nikola Jokic, you know, who, who's an MVP elite player, We've got Jamal Murray, who at the time was coming off, you know, an MVP caliber performance at the time in the bubble as well. 
And we've got Michael Porter Jr., who's our wild card, our diamond in the rough, our, you know, prodigy that is untapped. You know, he, he could potentially have the highest ceiling of all three of these players, right? Let's go ahead and put the weight of the world on their shoulders. Let's, let's go ahead and take away some of their key role players. So goodbye, Mason Plumley. Good like goodbye, Tory Craig, and goodbye, Jeremy Grant. Again, you get a little bit of a discount there, Nuggets. But at the end of the day, you know, it was a team that was willing to bank on their internal talent. And at the end of the day, particularly in the NBA, it's talent is what matters more than anything. And you need to have a lot of it, not just in your starting lineup, not just on your bench, not just as your sixth man. You need to have talent all throughout the organization uh, from top to bottom. And Denver, it almost just feels like they skimped on that this offseason. Um, maybe that's not fair because they do have talent. You know, RJ Hampton, you know, Zeke Naji, these guys have potential, but and they're talented, but I mean, not talented enough, you know, to be filling the void, you know, of what the Nuggets need right now. You know, they're not there yet. They have potential, sure. You know, Facundo Capazzo, absolutely. But what are you doing signing him, you know, when you need consistent production and you want to get back to the playoffs and you want to get over the hump and try to beat teams like the Lakers? You don't like the Clippers again. I mean, seriously, it's just, it's, it's a little bit mind-boggling. So it, it's just frustrating to see, you know, the Nuggets lose that game last night to the Milwaukee Bucks, a game that I thought was very, very winnable. I took them against the spread, the Nuggets, and, and, you know, I make a pick in a, a pick against the spread and a pick for the over-under total for every single Denver Nuggets game right here at Mile High Sports. You can uh, follow me on social media at Media by AP and uh, on Mile High Sports at Mile High Sports. We tweet those out before the days of the game. And, man, I just, I thought that, you know, after that egregious loss to the Lakers and that even more egregious loss to the Kings, I thought that the rest of the team was going to rally around Nikola Jokic and get out there and get after it and get a quality win just like they had done the last time they were home against the Utah Jazz. But I was dead wrong. I mean, I wasn't dead wrong. The first half, they looked pretty good. Will Barton was balling out 22 points. Nicole, or, uh, Jamal Murray in the first quarter, I think he had seven points, but he finished with like 11. You know, the problem has not been the Nuggets starts. They've been starting okay. It's they just can't sustain a damn thing. I mean, you get to the third quarter. I tweeted it out as well. If you've been betting, you should bet against the Nuggets every single third quarter moving forward this season. Seriously, until they prove you otherwise. There's been, what, 23 games this season? I guarantee they've won at least, what's happened? They probably won 15. I'd make a big bet right now that they've won at least, or they've lost at least 15 to 16 of those third quarters. I mean, seriously, they've been just absolutely pitiful in the third quarters. And the fourth quarters really haven't been that much better. And like I said, I thought this was going to be the game where you're going to see the rest of the team kind of rally around Nikola. It looked like that way early, but as I stated at the beginning of the podcast here, Jokic virtually accounting for half of the Nuggets' 50 points in the second half. It's just absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. So I do want to, uh, not not a whole lot of information here. I wasn't able to get a, a, a question into head coach Michael Malone, but let's go ahead and listen to his post-game press conference because I do think it is pretty telling. It's, it's just good for you guys to hear about the state of the team. Uh, some decent questions, but... You know, at the end of the day, it's all about defense and Coach Michael Malone's mind. But and I, while I agree that defense is impeccable, you, you need more than Nikola Jokic to account for half your points in the second half. I mean, to me, that's just just as critical. You know, you need to be able to share the sugar. You need to be able to have more people than just one or two guys scoring. You know, consistently on a night in night out basis. So, don't get me wrong. You can't discount defense, but you know, the the one man show of Nikola Jokic has also been a massive issue across the board in the sense that nobody else except him has shown up. So. Let's go ahead here and uh, get out to the post-game press conference from last night. Here is Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone. Hey, Michael. Um, I know we've been talking about third quarters a lot, but they they outscored you guys 34-26 in the third tonight. Is that where you feel like you kind of lost hold of this one? Uh, I think oh, the second half in general, Harrison. Uh, you know, we gave up 64 points in the second half. They shot 55% from the field, 58 from three. 
seven of 12 uh, from the three-point line in the second half. Obviously, we struggled to score, uh, make shots, finish. Only nine assists and six turnovers in the second half. So, um, yeah, we, we, we still find ourselves trying to figure out how to be a team that plays a lot better in the second half. Um, we've lost three in a row because we haven't defended anybody. There's a reason you go 11 and four over a 15 game span. Well, the reason was we had a top eight defense and LA, Sacramento, and now Milwaukee, uh, that hasn't been the case. And pretty simple to understand. That's why you lose games. Next we'll go to Kyle Fredrickson. Hey, Michael, uh, Jamal Murray returns to the starting lineup today. Uh, is he 100% healthy? And, and just how did he look to you? Well, I mean, he was 4-17, Kyle. He was one of seven, so obviously he struggled to make shots. Um, and no one's 100% right now. Next, we'll go to Ryan Blackburn. Coach, I know you don't want to use the injuries as an excuse, but how much has that really impacted the team over these past few weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's reality, right, uh, Ryan? I mean, we've always been a no-excuse team, but the reality is when you have Gary Harris out, P.J. Dozier out, uh, you know, guys that are probably two of our better perimeter defenders, that, that definitely takes a hit on your defense. Obviously, Chris Middleton had his way with us tonight, sports you know, just too easily. So, yes, it would be nice to have Gary. It would be nice to have P.J., uh, Faku wanted to try and play tonight. I just didn't think he was ready personally, so stayed away from trying to get him in the game. But even if they're not available, you know, we just can't have three games in a row where we don't defend anybody. Uh, I mean, 123 points, 50 from the field, 40 from three, uh, and they out-rebounded us by 12. And that usually is a pretty good indicator of uh, our engagement and our physicality is when we rebound the ball. Uh, so... Hopefully we can get Gary back. Hopefully we can get PJ back. But if we're going to wait to get them back before we start defending, well, this losing streak is only going to continue. Next, we'll go to Katie Ugunji. Coach, how tough is it with your guys' schedule right now and defense being kind of the underlying issue why you've lost three in a row? How tough is it to not have practice time? How do you get your defense back on track knowing that it's every other day basketball? Yeah, the, the schedule, Katie, to your point, um, definitely makes it harder. Um, you know, we we had shoot around this morning. And I think, as I mentioned, pregame, uh, when we played the Lakers on Thursday, that began a run from Thursday in L.A. all the way through All-Star break where we're playing every other day unless there's a back-to-back -back sandwich in between there. Um, so we'll have, we're going to have to find time, whether it's practicing, uh, whether it's shooting around, film sessions, to to watch it. And we do that a lot already. And obviously, I'm not doing a good enough job because it's <laughs> the message isn't being uh, delivered. It's not being understood for whatever reason. Um, obviously, we struggled to make a lot of shots tonight. That impacted us as, as well. But, you know, if your defense is a constant and your anchor, you know, you can weather those nights where you don't make shots. And, uh, and that wasn't the case tonight, unfortunately. All right, Coach, we got time for one more. We'll go to end with Joel Rush. Hey, Coach, uh, kind of circling back to the health issues, uh, Will Barton had what seemed like one of the best first halves or any halves of his season so far, and do you think he's kind of rounding into form? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're 23 games in, so I, I hope so. 
um, you know, he, he had a, offensively, he had a good night, you know, um, you know, he was nine to 16 from the field, made three threes, you know, unfortunately his plus minus wasn't where it needs to be. Uh, and obviously that number is not just on an individual that's uh, with reflective of the group you're on the floor with at that time. But, you know, um, yeah, I think Will's playing engaged basketball. He's looking to be aggressive. Uh, he's finishing at the basket a lot better than he was early in the year. And I think those are all byproducts of him feeling healthier uh, and, and feeling like he's getting some of that explosiveness back. Alrighty, there is Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone. And like I said, some interesting answers about uh, the team's struggles defensively, what they're lacking, you know, how they got to get help for Nicole Jokic and all that other stuff. So it is what it is. You know, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any significant changes coming, you know, here forward for the Denver Nuggets. You know, I do think it's unfortunate, though, at the end of the day that they're losing these games, like I said. And, of course, we're going to go now and uh, listen to what Nikola Jokic himself had to say. And he wasn't making any excuses either. You know, there was a couple instances where he appears to be a little bit frustrated at youngster Michael Porter Jr. And he kind of clarifies that that situation here as well, kind of saying, you know, it's just a growing pain thing and he's got to learn. And I actually ask a question here of, you know, is, is it frustrating when you're playing at this elite level and, you know, everybody else is you know, really pick, not able to kind of pick up the slack around you. And he kind of deflects the question and says he doesn't care about that. But if you see his body language on the court, you know, he cares about it. I mean, he's not happy. I mean, credit to him. He he does seem to calm down and kind of collect his, collect himself once the, once the game ends. And once he's doing his press conference, he gives a little grin, some smiles, all that good stuff. But man, like I said, it's just tough to watch Nikola Jokic continue to go out there and dominate and just have the rest of the team just be, be completely unable to support him. So Let's go ahead now and listen to what uh, Denver Nuggets center Nicole Jokic had to say following last night's loss. We're going to start off with Harrison Wind. Hey, Nicola, Jamal was just talking to us, and he was saying that he's frustrated in kind of his individual play and the three-game losing streak. Just with where things are at, where's your frustration level right now? Of course, I mean, we are not playing good. Uh, yes, we have a tough schedule. We play Lakers, we play... Uh, Sacramento, who we didn't beat, uh, who beat us three times, actually two times before that game, and uh, Milwaukee, who they're a really good team, you know. So uh, we need to do a better job, you know. It's we kind of gave ourselves the chance to win the game, but it was, uh, it was a really small, small, uh, small chance. Go to Kyle Fredrickson. Hey, Nicola. It seems like third quarters continue to be just a big issue for this team, uh, allowing other teams to get back on you guys. In at halftime, what sort of conversations are had to try to prevent that from happening? I mean, it's a game. You know, it just happened to be a third quarter. It doesn't mean it needs to be every time, but uh, it's happened. Uh, I don't know why why that happened. You know, so. Probably just to be more focused. I don't know. I don't know what to say. We'll go to uh, Ryan Blackburn. Hey, Nicola, there were several times throughout that game where it appeared that you were visibly frustrated with some of the decisions that Mike was making offensively. Uh, how do you guys get him on the same page? How do you how do you work him into the things that you want him to do offensively? No, I would just. Uh... I mean, I told him after the game, I think it was just a bad shot. Uh, 
it was not the timing. Uh, we kind of had the lead. It was contested shots overhand, like the guy was right there. So I think it was just bad shot in bad moment, you know. And, uh, and I want to, we want to, I want to win a game. He want to win a game. We want to win a game. So just frustration is something that is part of the game. Go to Katie Wingy. Nicola, what are your conversations like with Jamal right now, knowing he's as frustrated as he is with his individual game? <laughs> that, that's good for him. I think he's going to be better, even better. He's frustrated, so uh, it's you know every player can have a bit of good, bad weeks, good in two, three weeks, whatever month. But we know what what Jamal is capable of. And we got his back. Go to Nello. Uh, obviously, it's been a real struggle for you guys here lately in the second half, but you've personally been playing extremely well. You account for nearly half of the team's second half points. Uh, how frustrating is it just in general for you to be playing at this extremely high caliber level and the other, the rest of the team just not able to kind of rise to the occasion? I don't think about that like that. Um, they, trust, they trust me and I just need to, I need to, uh, I say that, and then trust back, no. Over there, you know. So I need I need to do that every night. They're expecting uh, I spanking with myself. Not, maybe not the night like this. Uh, maybe not like 35 and 12 or and age 60. But just like I need to be a leader. I need to be as, as best I can be on the floor. You know. I need to help everybody uh, get the shots. I need I need to be leader. Whatever best player. Go back to Katie Wingy. Nicola, this is the first time you guys have lost three games in a row this season. And I'm, I'm just curious, is there any worry at all in the locker room right now about where this team is at or what improvements you guys need to make? Yes, of course. I mean, we, are not, we don't want to lose the games. That's something that uh, uh, that's normal, you know. So I, I think frustration is a good thing. Being mad is a good thing. Get on yourself on the team. It is a good thing. So um, it just uh, is going to make. There he is, Nikola Jokic, the Joker himself, following last night's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, I did cut it one question short because I'm pretty sure the next. Well, the next question was in a foreign language. I'm assuming it was Serbian. And I don't think anyone wants to hear uh, about a minute's worth of. I mean, maybe you do want to hear about a minute's worth of bantering in Serbian, but uh, I'll, I'll take that into account for next time. But. It is what it is, you know. I think that the Nuggets are just it's it's frustrating, you know. There I love the rest of the Nuggets media, you know. I I am just not afraid to call and call it out, you know. I'm just I guess I care, you know, and I mean good for them for I guess just trying to look at the positive and I don't know. I mean, I just I I I just don't get how more people aren't upset about the way that this team's playing, I guess. You know, it's just I watch this team and they continue to underachieve and I just feel like there's no pressure on them externally to change anything. You know, they just, I feel like everybody's just kind of like, okay, like, okay, we'll be better next time. And then nothing changes. And then it's like, okay, we'll be better next time. And like, I I, I don't know. Like, no one's making excuses. It just doesn't feel like there's like a lot of pressure of trying to get this team back on track. I mean, like I said, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, since the start of the season, I've been the opposite of an apologist. You know, I, I, I said that the, the expectation was to at least get back to the conference final this season. I mean, that's not happening. No way. But the way this team's playing right now. 
Especially, I mean, and not Nicole Jokic. Everybody else is playing well. It's not Jokic's fault. It really isn't. And I mean, I'm usually, you know, we've seen LeBron, you know, will his team to wins in the past. We've seen Jordan do it in the past. I mean, you know, they're, they're great players can single-handedly will their teams to victory. But I mean, Nicole Jokic is doing everything he can right now. I mean, he's going off for a double. He's had a double-double every single game. He's within striking distance of a triple-double. And, you know, the Nuggets are just unable to rally around him and surround him with the proper talent, and it's frustrating. So that's just kind of my two cents on it. We'll have to see how they kind of bounce back now and and move forward with everything. But, you know, I think that the Denver Nuggets, they they lost a game, you know, against the Bucks that, in my opinion, was very winnable. I think it could have been a statement game, a, a game that gets you back on track. But, unfortunately, now the Nuggets, they've lost three games in a row. And uh, they're going to go up against the Cleveland Cavaliers here and uh, on Wednesday evening. And I fully expect the Denver Nuggets to blow the socks off the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, I mean, what does that mean? Nothing. I mean, I'll be back here and I'll tell you exactly that. I mean, seriously, mark the tape. I mean, they're going to blow the socks off the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it's going to mean absolutely nothing. They're not close to getting back if they blow the socks off them. They're just taking care of business like they should. So I'll, I'll end it there. You know, I, I just think it's frustrating right now, but they should win this game against Cleveland, get back on track. they got a couple tough games coming up this week as well, so we'll have to see how they prepare ahead of those but I mean this is a team that needs signature wins this is a team that needs to build confidence this is a team that needs to improve their play collectively you know outside of Jokic and uh needs to happen rather quickly so we'll see if they can kind of get things right against the Cleveland Cavaliers I like I said I fully expect them to to earn a blowout win and then up if they get the win you know it's up to them to kind of keep that momentum try to ride that momentum and parlay it into something you know three four wins in a row maybe but um if they're going to keep winning one or two at a time, you know, it's, it's going to be a long year. So it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and put a bow on it, guys. If you want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Media by AP. Be sure to follow all my work online, milehighsports.com, as well as denversportsbetting.com as well, if the gambling is more your cup of tea. I'll uh, have a preview of the game tomorrow night up on Mile High Sports in the morning. Again, milehighsports.com. You can follow me on social media, at Media by AP, and at Mile High Sports on social media. It'll be posted across those social channels as well. But that'll for me that will do it for me, folks. We'll be back at it again on Thursday with a brand new Denver Nuggets podcast. Might try to get a little guest lined up, get a little perspective change here. And uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Have a good night and uh, go Nuggets. We'll see how things play out against Cleveland.